Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Now let's join Pastor Jared with today's message. you join me tonight in Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at one of uh, the most exciting uh, events uh, in the Gospels. So Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 14. Uh, Let's go ahead and read that and then we'll pray and dedicate uh, the remaining time that we have to the Lord. I love this story. Uh, Put yourself in the shoes of the shepherds, okay, as we read this again, because this had to be a night that they did not soon forget. Verse 8 says this, Now there were in the same country shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Lord, thank you for the angel's announcement of your birth. (laughs) And Lord, as um, that night was an interruption for the shepherds, it is something that we recount tonight with great joy because it symbolizes and represents and reminds us of the moment you were born and the promise of Messiah and salvation began to be manifest on the earth. So Lord, as we look at the topic of peace, I pray, Lord, that you would broaden our understanding. I pray that you would bring application to our lives. I pray that through the anointing of your word and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Lord, may we leave here strengthened and encouraged, equipped, and able to live this life with your Because you have provided it. And we thank you for the gift and the promise of your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the announcement of Christ's birth was a moment of divine interruption. The shepherds had a routine. They had a plan. They thought they knew what was going to take place that night. Because they did it night after night after night. And then out of the blue, in verse 10, a single angel appears, and they were afraid. There was this announcement that joy was going to be associated with the birth of Christ. And as they were having just but a split second to process what they had just seen, and the power of the message that was, bringing, that was being brought to them, the Scriptures declare that the single angel was joined by a multitude. Now that's a, that's, a, that's a big group. 
That's, like, that's, a, that's a large heavenly choir right there. And uh, this multitude of heavenly hosts, they praised God and they give us these words that kind of provide us our focus tonight. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. So today as we remember the birth of our Savior, as we recount the announcement of peace that is associated with His coming, it reveals two characteristics about the promise of peace that has been given to us all. The first one is this. It will give glory to God. The peace that was being given to mankind was a peace that was going to ultimately give glory to God because it can only be found in Him. Man can search for peace in other places. Man can try to produce peace. But the angels are declaring that the peace that has come upon the earth because of the birth of our Savior is a peace that can only come from God. And because of that, it gives God glory. It gives Him glory. But the second characteristic was this. The peace associated with the birth of Christ is a peace that will be spread everywhere the Christ child is received. So this peace that will bring glory to God, that has been made available to mankind, is not something that can be contained. It is not something that can be marginalized. But ra rather, it is something that is distributed generously everywhere the Christ child is received. So I would just add this note to that tonight. In those times in your life when you sense a lack of peace or are in need of a greater peace, you call on the name of the Prince of Peace. Because everywhere He is, the peace of God is manifest. We are not talking about a peace through strength, which is an idea of man. If I just have enough strength and power, I will live in peace because my adversaries will fear me. It's not the kind of peace that we're talking about today. We're talking about a peace that comes through salvation and a peace that comes through surrender. It gives glory to God and it is everywhere that the Christ child is received. So the announcement of peace, something that the world longed for, something that the world needs to receive, was brought to us on that first night when the angels declared the birth of our Savior. And because of that, peace is one of the great promises of Christmas. It's, it's one of the themes of Christmas that we remember, that we we look upon each year because it is something that we need to refresh ourselves with. And I want to remind you today that, that this promise of peace that's associated with Christmas is something that provides a new reality for those who are in Christ. It's a part of what makes the new life new. <laughs> 
When we were far away from God, we had no peace. But now that we are in Him and we know Him and we are His, we have peace. There's a new reality that is upon us. And it's a reality that we not only need to experience, but it is a reality that we need to share and a reality that we need to declare. A couple of things that define this new reality are, number one, brokenness has a solution. Jesus declared later on in the Gospel of Luke that He was coming to mend broken hearts. He was coming to put things that were broken back together. Brokenness has a solution. Because the peace that Jesus brings to us is a peace with God. You see, our sin separates us from God. When we are far away from God, we are not at peace with God, but rather there is enmity between us and God. Jesus has come to, to break that. He's come to bridge that. He's come to deliver us from that. I want to remind you from the Scriptures what the New Testament declares about that. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, peace with God is one of the most basic needs that we have. Without it, we are lost and wandering. And with it, we are fulfilled and made whole. Because when we believe in Christ as our Savior and Lord, we are united to Him and the Scriptures declare that His righteousness is counted by God as ours. That which we cannot earn, that which we cannot attain, becomes ours as a free gift because of what Christ has done. And instead of being in a place, in a position of enmity against God, we become His child. And our brokenness has a solution because the Christ child has come. We're adopted into His family. Another thing that defines this new reality that the peace of Christ brings is this. Circumstances are no longer in control. So our brokenness has a solution. And as we live out this life, circumstances are no longer in control. But rather, God is in control. And His peace rules and it reigns over the circumstances of this life. And I want you to know today that because we have peace with God, we have access to His peace in our personal lives. In our day-to-day -day lives. In our interactions. In the things that come our way that are unplanned and in the things that we can foresee. We have access to His peace in our personal lives. And I want to take it just a one step deeper. This includes the most difficult circumstances and the most powerful emotions. Let me talk about a couple of them and then apply the Word of God to them. Because sometimes we can feel swept away. We can feel overwhelmed. We can feel a sense of hopelessness. 
And that's not the Lord's will for our lives. He wants to lift us up and strengthen us. So circumstances are no longer in control, even the most difficult circumstances. One of the most challenging emotional things that I believe that we can carry is a sense of guilt. We look back upon our lives and we see our actions, our decisions, the choices that we have made and we, we, we begin to feel a sense of guilt. And this even happens in the life of a person who knows Christ as Lord and Savior because you know, we're told that our adversary, the devil, has a function and that he is the accuser of the brethren in that he wants to remind you of the wrongs that you have done. And in doing so, he wants to resurrect guilt. He wants to, he wants to put a weight of condemnation down upon your life so that you don't experience the freedom that Christ purchased on the cross. But because we are at peace with God, we don't live under the weight of guilt or condemnation. And I want you to, to understand tonight what the Lord does to those things that we need forgiveness for. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. <laughs> the Bible talks about the sea of forgetfulness. You know, the, 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 the Lord, when He forgives us, He doesn't file it away to bring it back up again, but rather, He makes it as far as the east is from the west. And you know what? We should do the same. Okay? I think there's something that we need to grasp as the body of Christ. And when we ask for forgiveness, we receive it. One of the ways that the accuser wants to maintain guilt in our lives is he wants us to not forgive ourselves. And you know what? If God has forgiven you, you should forgive yourself. So this new reality of peace reminds us that circumstances no longer are no longer in control meaning our guilt, but then also our fears and our anxieties. I want you to hear the word of the Lord tonight when it comes to fear and anxiety. You know, the, the counselors and the psychologists and the mental health professionals currently are saying that anxiety and fear are off the charts in our society. It's, it's a part of what we have experienced in the pandemic. Uh, isolation can, can, can be a negative thing in the sense that it puts an undue focus on, on things that we're not to dwell upon. And, and maybe you felt a little bit of that yourself. Maybe you felt a, a, an increase of, of fear or an increase of anxiety in your life. And that's natural and that's human and that is going to take place at certain points as we face life itself. 
But I want you to know that you are not powerless to stand against that anxiety and fear. And it is not in control over your life because God is. So let's receive the word of the Lord when it comes to these issues of fear and anxiety. And if you feel those things welling up within you, Sometime soon, I want you to hear these words, Isaiah 41.10. Fear not. And then here's the reason why. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What breaks the power of fear what breaks the power of anxiety it is the promise and the truth of God's word so when those thoughts and those emotions begin to rise up within you I want you to call on that verse right there Isaiah 41 10 fear not I am with you be not dismayed I am your God you see circumstances are no longer in control. God is. God is. So, the announcement of peace is not only associated with the birth of Christ, as we have just looked at, but Jesus, during the course of His life, affirmed the availability and the power of His peace. So we might be tempted to just think of Peace as a, as, as a promise that came at His birth. But as Jesus lived, as He ministered, as He was a, an adult on this earth, He talked about His peace. I want you to listen to His words. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. And I'll give you a second verse, John 16, 33. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have my peace. In the world uh, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So here we see that as Jesus lived and ministered, and, and, and declared the truth of the kingdom, that he affirmed the peace that was announced at his birth. And I want you to think of this peace as uh, something that is not just symbolic. It's not just something that is the absence of conflict or problems, but rather it is something that, is, that flows to us from our Savior. So what is Jesus affirming about the peace that he provides? Well, he's telling us that it's greater than our problems. His peace is greater than our problems. He gave us this assurance. He affirmed these things that he is the source of our peace. You see, to experience the peace of Christ, we don't have to hope that a couple of leaders get together and sign a document that say we're going to be nice to one another. To experience the peace of Christ, we don't have to hope that everybody shows up at the family gathering in a good mood. 
we're reminded by Christ Himself that He is the source of our peace. Let me just give you a little bit of context of when Christ was um, kind of sharing these. John chapter 14 and moving forward are significant in the lives of the disciples. Because it's the moment and time when Christ is beginning to prepare them for His leaving. So think about this for a moment. Everything that was normal, everything that they knew, everything that they had been doing for a long period of time was about to change. Jesus is beginning to tell them that He's going to die and He's, and he's going to, to leave them and, and they're not going to have this experience that they've been having for this length of time. But rather things are going to change. And it is in that context of change that Jesus says, I'm the source of your peace. And that should provide assurance for all of us. Because life brings change. It brings significant change. It brings minor change each and every day. And I want you to know that change doesn't change this. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus is the source of our peace. But then those two scriptures, they affirm this about the peace that the Bible talks about. Jesus isn't only the source of that peace, but He says, I, I, I left that peace here for you. My peace I give you, he says. I give it to you. It's a gift. It's, um, it's a mark of God's favor upon his children. And you want to know who the greatest giver is? It's God. <laughs> You can't outgive him. You can't uh, outdo him. And he says, I give you my peace. But I want to put that statement in perspective. I want to kind of, I want to frame it and, and, and give you the context for it. I'm the source of your peace. I'm giving you my peace. And I want you to be reminded tonight that it is the same peace that accompanied him throughout his life. So you wonder, what does this peace look like? How does this peace manifest itself? Well, it manifests itself that when you're in a boat and a storm comes up and the, and the water starts to come in, you can rest and sleep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a kind of peace that looks like this. On the night before, you're about to be betrayed and turned over and falsely accused and beaten, and whipped, and sent to the cross to die for the sins of the world, you can say with confidence, not my will, but yours be done. Peace. Not like the world gives, but a peace that only comes 
from God. Those two verses remind us that the world will attempt to disrupt that kind of peace in our lives, but Jesus says this, I have overcome. (laughs) Interruptions can come, things can try to sidetrack us, and Jesus overcame them all and had peace through it all. So can we. So can we. This peace is connected to an invitation. Because in order to receive it, you must follow the one who can give it. So in essence, what Christ is sharing with us in John 14 and John 16 is an invitation to follow him and to experience the same peace that he did. Why? Because it's a new reality. Peace is not the absence of pain. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is a person. A person. Listen to these words. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Peace is not the absence of pain, it is not the absence of problems, peace is a person. person whose name is Jesus. The Prince of Peace who is the source of all of the peace that we need. You want some of that in your life? <laughs> I'm sure we've all experienced it, but I hope we all want more. Because those things that Jesus affirmed should be a growing reality in all of our lives. Because of that, the final thing that I want to talk to you about tonight is the activation of peace. How do we activate this peace? How do we experience this peace? First thing that we must do is we must trust in Him. That is what following looks like. You trust the one you follow. Isaiah chapter 26 verses 3 and 4 say this, For you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord is everlasting strength. Everlasting strength. There's a promise of perfect peace for those whose mind is stayed on the Lord. I want to talk about this for a second. Uh, I learned something today. Uh, The word mind here in the Hebrew is a very rare word in the Old Testament. It's not used very often. And it paints an incredible picture. 
Because as Isaiah is talking about the mind here, he's talking about the place where our plans and our ideas are seated. Talking about the creative imagination. And we're reminded here that when we trust in the Lord, when we are grounded in the Lord, we experience a shalom. That's the Hebrew word for peace. We experience a shalom. And this shalom is a a health and a happiness and a well-being that is rooted in the peace of God that goes before us and that stays with us. So I want you to think about what you are thinking about for a minute here. Because the level to which we experience peace in our lives has an awful lot to do with what goes on between the ears. And Isaiah is saying that when our mind is focused on the Lord and the things of the Lord, there is a peace that overtakes our lives. So what has occupied your thoughts? What have been your dreams and your aspirations? What have been your longings and your desires and those things that are consuming you and those things that you are thinking about? And the reason why we must be in tune with those things is because if they are not of the Lord, they will be a source of unrest. But if they are of the Lord, the Scriptures declare, we will experience the peace of God. <clears throat> so you say, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm in the middle somewhere and I'm trying to figure that out. I want to encourage you to adopt a new practice, maybe. For some of you, maybe it's something that you do. Maybe for others, you've never done it before. But I encourage all of us to undertake this practice, which is this. Pray the Word. Pray the Word. And as we, we look at this Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4 as a, a way to uh, understand what trust in the Lord looks like. We can take it and we can turn it into a prayer. We're going to put it up on the screen. So I encourage you to write it down and to, and to be praying it this week. To turn that verse into a prayer that sounds like this. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for keeping me in perfect peace. When my mind is focused on you, because I trust in you. I will trust in you forever, for in you there is everlasting peace. Do we have that to put up on the screen? Okay. If you want it, come see me. I'll give it to you. Okay? We'll, we'll get it up for Sunday. But let me read it again. <clears throat> because we can turn the Scripture into a prayer. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me in perfect peace when my mind is focused on you. 
because I trust in you. I will trust in you forever, for in you there is everlasting strength. So you know what you're saying to yourself? I want more of this peace. I encourage you to pray Scripture in a similar manner. Because here's what happens. It settles it, and it establishes it, and it begins to evict the things that don't belong. So pray the Word. How do we activate this peace? We trust in Him, but we must also talk to Him about everything. I want you to view the Lord as your friend. Trusted confidant. Someone you confide in. Someone you can pour your heart out to. The type of friend that you can tell anything to. Because the way that we activate peace is we, we must talk to Him about everything. And Paul wrote this to the church in Philippi. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we pray and we talk to God, and we do so fervently, that's what supplication is. There's prayer and then there's supplication. Supplication has, has a little more energy behind it. There is something that takes place. And that when we do that, we place our burdens into the hands of God. So as we talk things out with the Lord, what is actually happening is it is going from your lips to His hand. <laughs> and it fills His ear and His heart and He hears from heaven. And there's a deliverance that takes place because the burdens are offloaded and He carries them and He fills the space with peace for our soul. And it's the kind of peace that overcomes specifically anxiety is what Paul talks about here. But it overcomes because it literally is a guard. <laughs> it literally is a guard that watches over us and keeps us. So the picture is this. Life is hurling things at us. Those things want to become a part of who we are. They want to influence the way that we think. They want to influence the way that we process life. They want to influence our emotions and our reactions and our thinking. And the Scriptures say that when we talk to God about everything, we raise a guard that holds those things back so that His peace can fill that space. We're delivered. And we overcome. And we activate peace when we talk to Him about everything. The final way that we activate peace is we must turn to Him. 
kind of what I'm referring to here in regards to turning to Him is it is kind of maybe what we would also coin as walking with Him. So what we just discussed is kind of you know, an, an, an action to take when life has an intensity to it, but there are choices and moments where we have decisions to make. And in those moments, turn to God. Choose His way, not our own. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 say, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. We must choose the Lord moment by moment, decision by decision, day by day. And Paul tells us that our character and our conduct begin in the mind. That's why he says meditate on these things. If it's true, if it's noble, if it's just, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it's of good report, if there is virtue associated with it, let your focus be there. And then conversely, anything that is not true or noble or just or pure or lovely, don't go there. Don't go there. And you see that decision that we make moment by moment. Something captures the eye. Something appeals to the heart. Something calls out to us. Character and conduct begin in the mind. Concentrate on the things that result in right living. Because they help you to receive God's peace. And I want us to understand that tonight. Sometimes we give ourselves a free pass. Because it happens in secret. But God calls us to a higher standard. This promise of peace is not just something that we are to experience personally. It's also something that we are called to give away. Romans 14, verse 19 says, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make peace and the things by which one may edify another. So turning to Him involves understanding that there is no peace apart from Him. But also, 
that recognizes that we must become an instrument of His peace. See, up to this point, we've been all personal application. But know that the assignment upon the people of God is to not just experience His peace, but it is also to demonstrate His peace and to give it away. To be an instrument. And I'll close with uh, a prayer. A prayer that was written by St. Francis of Assisi. He's been with the Lord for a long time. You've got to read some old books to read his stuff. But listen to his words because he understood that God's call upon his life was to be not only one who understood and experienced God's peace, but to be an instrument of his peace. He said these words, Make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me show love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. You see, the fact that we have received the Prince of Peace puts us in a position to provide the solution for everything that is broken and dysfunctional in the world. Because of Him, we can give away peace where there is hatred. We can show love where there is division. We can help those who are wounded. We can bring faith where there is doubt. We can bring hope where there is despair. We bring light where there is darkness. We bring joy where there is sadness. And I want you to think about that just for the days that lie ahead. The holidays, the new year, as we usher in the year 2021, let our hearts be in the position that say, Lord, I not only want a greater measure of Your peace at work in my life, but I want to be a greater instrument of Your peace in the lives of those around me. So as we conclude, why don't we stand and let's make that our prayer, our commitment, our request. Lord, help me to know and to understand and to walk in your peace, but Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. So wherever that finds application in your life tonight, make that request known to God. And let's all just take a moment now to kind of bow our heads and humble our hearts and to ask Him to increase that work within us.
Lord, we thank you for the announcement of your birth that declared to the world that peace has come. We thank you for the way that Jesus affirmed that peace. It's not the absence of problems, but rather it is a person because he gives us his peace. He's left us his peace as a gift. And Lord, as we look to activate that peace in our lives to a greater measure, we pray, Lord, that it would grow and increase in each of us. But we pray, Lord, that we would be greater instruments of your peace in the world that we live in. So, Father, may your word stir within our hearts. May you bring it back to our remembrance. May we ponder these things, Lord God, in the days to come. And may you bring application through the ministry and power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help each of us, Lord, to know these things and give them away. And we thank you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life, and we look forward to having you joining us in person for a service soon. Our service times are Thursday nights at 7 o'clock and two services on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. God bless you.